The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say Go Steelers! Go Steelers! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. This is Nick coming to you from the mobile Houston office. We got a couple weeks left before we get back to our off-season schedule of recording the podcast on Sundays, which will make a lot more room for not only real microphones and recording technology, but for Papa Tom, for other guests that we'll be having, uh, returning guests, and new guests that we're reaching out to. But for now, i got to talk about this obscene, obscene, legendary divisional weekend in the NFL playoffs. And, yep, there are some implications for the Steelers, but when you are this far into the playoffs, you're a football fan, Steelers have already been eliminated, there's plenty to get excited about just from a football standpoint. So I was saying this the night of the get right after the Chiefs unbelievable victory over the Bills. I was saying this along with a lot of other people and after digesting it for a day, I don't think it's hyperbole. That was the best divisional weekend in decades, if not ever. You'd really have to work hard scouring the record books to find another divisional weekend that was this crazy. Not only did every single game get decided on the last play of the game with three game-winning field goals and then a walk-off touchdown from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, but there were legacy-defining moments all over the place. Matt Stafford never won a playoff game in Detroit, really shining a light on (laughs) my whole crusade against quarterback wins and, oh, he's just a winner, this or that. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo playing that garbage and winning yet again. Uh, Matt Stafford, like I was saying, never won a playoff game in Detroit. Well, he's 2-0 and in Los Angeles and sealed the game with a gorgeous back foot as he's getting hit. 50-yard teardrop bomb to Cooper Cup right in stride to win that game. Tom Brady denied a chance to get a 14th Super Bowl might actually be retiring, shockingly, after the after the season. Of course, uh, taking away from Ben Roethlisberger's inevitable Hall of Fame retirement <laughs> weekend, which will just be a Tom Brady weekend at that point. But, hey, we already got our day with Ben. That was that Browns game. And we, we know that's about the extent of what we're going to get with him regardless. So it is what it is. Um, Josh Allen. Look, a guy misunderstood by the public of the NFL due to two reasons. A lot of draft pundits' stubbornness and not being able to admit that the guy is a rare case where he was a raw superstar athlete coming out of college who actually transitioned to be an MVP-type quarterback, and then the media just not covering him well enough, and then probably you know being in Buffalo, not being a major media network. But now everyone realizes, oh, is this guy as good as Patrick Mahomes? Are they even? I mean, it's 
it's extremely close between those guys. And I think this playoff game let the whole world know that, oh, Josh Allen isn't some specialty player, some wild uh, bucking Bronco button masher, as PMT would say. Uh, this guy's a superstar who's got a laser beam for a right arm. Obviously, unbelievable legs and can run the ball and truck people and do all those things. And similarly, I would say for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and the Chiefs, this is their get back game. And actually, their get back game actually sort of started against, unfortunately, the Steelmen the first time they played. When the Chiefs started settling in, they started learning how to take the underneath passes and got hot going into the playoffs. But I think that this was the big game because even in the Chiefs playoff runs that led to a Super Bowl win and a Super Bowl loss, they've they never looked as dominant. They never looked like a force of like the force of nature they were Mahomes first year starting. And it feels like they're back to that right now. Where in for most of the Bills game, he was patient playing that evolved game, throwing underneath, and then when it came time to turn it on We've we've heard enough people talk about the last two or three minutes of that game or whatever it was. But then he just started striking deep, scrambling out of the pocket, throwing sidearm, basically going for the jugular constantly, and then there's nothing that the other team can do about it. So I think that that was a huge game for the Chiefs, who are trying to be the next dynasty. You know, whether you can get 20 years of dominance out of that, like the Patriots, well, that's close to impossible, but at least getting a couple Super Bowls out of this superstar team that they have, that was huge for them. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers losing in the playoffs to the to the Niners, who are a much more talented team than the Packers. They're not sexy. The, the quarterback discrepancy between Jimmy G and Aaron Rodgers sort of distorts the perception of what that game is to everybody, because there's one you know megastar Hall of Fame quarterback and one guy who's a borderline backup. Very hot, though. I mean, let's, let's be honest. And Jimmy G, good-looking guy. And that goes that goes a long way. Maybe it distracts the 49ers. When, when they're trying to call the plays, they get lost in the dude's eyes. But it could distract the Packers as well. It seemed like it did. But the Niners beat the crap out of, out of the Packers in the trenches. And Rodgers came up short. He didn't make enough big plays. We all seen the, the replay of him passing up an uncovered Alan Lazard on a deep dig route uh, all the way down the field would have been like a 30-yard gain, and instead he heaves the ball into double coverage to Devontae Adams. So Rodgers didn't play that well, and they lose the game, and he might not be a Packer anymore. And once again, third year in a row where they're like a one-seed or two-seed, and they get knocked out of the playoffs in, in limp fashion. So with the failures of the Packers in the playoffs, I just want to point out to all you guys, who are the other great teams that we think, besides the Patriots, the Packers, the Saints, the Ravens, all of them have had basically as many embarrassing exits from the playoffs that the Steelers have had. And why? It's because luck is a massive factor of winning the Super Bowl. It is so based on your injury status at that time and how hot you are at that time, which is also injury-based. I mean, Bakhtiari didn't play the whole year, and then he missed that game. Then it ended up being a big factor. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we said it at the beginning of the year, they're an actual all-star team. The only thing, the only thing that could keep them from getting to the Super Bowl, let alone winning it, is 
not an injury or two or three, a rash of injuries to their best players. That's the only thing that can keep them out. What happened? Like four of their five best players are out. Right, A, B, and uh, Godwin, Tristan Wirth. There's a bunch of guys who are out for that team. And so they lost. The Rams, completely healthy. You lose one of your best players earlier in the season, Robert Woods, oh, we'll get Odell Beckham Jr. to replace him. The Chiefs, they're always freaking healthy. Now, Matthew went down in the beginning of that game, but we know that the Chiefs are about offense. So you just got to put it in perspective when you think about this modern NFL, how hard it is to win, how much luck goes into it, how freaking good Bill Belichick is, what happens when you combine Bill Belichick with the Tom Brady, and that dynasty has distorted everybody's perspection Perspective. Perspection. Wow. I don't know what that is. That sounds like a machinery company. Perspection. Parts. We got the parts. It's distorted everybody's perspective on what a disappointing season is or isn't. For the people who were upset that somehow this crappy Steelers team didn't beat that Chiefs team. I just... If anybody was making comments about comments about Tomlin, another playoff loss, another blowout, and and then you watched the Chiefs in that game and didn't understand what the what the deal was, I don't know what to tell you. Now, especially, I haven't seen many apologies from people after watching what the Chiefs just did to the number one defense in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills are the number one defense. Do I think that they're a great defense? Of course not. Not at all. Name their pass rusher. Oh, they got they got nobody, right? But needless to say, they're the number one defense with the other number one quarterback on their team, and the Chiefs lit them on fire. You have to put things in perspective. This wasn't a massive disappointment for the Steelers. This was impressive that they dragged this roster this far. And then if you thought they should have won the Super Bowls, when you lose A.B., Bell, and Ben's injured, it's like, look, dude, that's like the Chiefs aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. They're not even winning the Bills game if Hill and Kelsey are out. What are we talking about? Like that's there's a salary cap. There's just not any way to to overcome those hurdles. And would the Steelers have won the, the, the Super Bowl in those years where they had a horrific defense, which some people in, in retrospect now are trying to look up stats and say, Oh, they weren't that horrific. Oh, come on. What were you watching? Team scored at will on the Steelers. The Steelers played the Bengals and the Browns in those years, and they were able to get the stats down, but any meaningful game. The defense sucked. When Ryan Shazier went out, they signed a linebacker off the streets to play middle linebacker for them. They were abysmal. Okay? So I guess my point is, like, these playoffs are backing up a lot of what we've been saying throughout the course of the season, where it's like you need to adjust your expectations because the steel curtain isn't happening. Mahomes may only win one Super Bowl. Oh, it looks like he's, he, he's obviously got a great chance to win this one, but what happens if you lose this as well? They're like, oh, AFC Championship loss. Super Bowl win by the skin of your teeth against the 49ers. Super Bowl blowout loss to the Buccaneers. And if they don't win it this year, it was that they're one for four in their window. Right? It's, it is hard. I'm not even trying to give excuses. I think this is just reality, which, and I feel like you see a lot of people in Pittsburgh freaking out and wanting wholesale changes and not looking up the road at the Giants, another team, another legendary team.
seem like the Steelers. Oh, well, it's the Steelers. Oh, it's the Giants. They're always going to be good. No. Washington was a premier NFL franchise for three decades. They won three Super Bowls with different quarterbacks in, like, the same era. That's how dominant of, the, of a team they were. And they've been an absolute laughingstock for the last 30 years, 20 years. So it can happen to anybody. And it makes it more depressing when you see the quarterbacks in the AFC. I think this is the Steelers fans' takeaway from the weekend is, oh, my gosh, the things that Mahomes and Allen can do, let alone what Deshaun Watson can do, let alone what Joe Burrow can do, let alone what Justin Herbert can do. I mean, the Steelers are so far off from that, it's terrifying. And I have a couple thoughts on it. So the meme that's been going around this weekend after that unbelievable all-time great game by the Chiefs and the Bills. And I do mean that. I remember saying that while the game was going on, freaking out, me and my sister and brother-in-law, panicking at the level of excitement we were experiencing. So I think it's the best game I've ever seen. It legitimately might be. And once again, digesting it after a couple of days, it you can never decide what's the number one best game, but that game is certainly up there. And you can look back through the eras and say, okay, what are the other great ones? Is that Dolphins-Chargers amazing game? Some people are saying the Patriots-Seahawks Super Bowl. Obviously, the, the Tom Brady-Patriots comeback 28-3 to over the Falcons was amazing. But a lot of those games were marked by crazy happenstance and mistakes. Like with the Tom Brady comeback over the Falcons, part of that game was you know, the pain of a Steelers fan's eyes the incredible will and performance of one team in the Patriots to make a comeback in the way that they did. But of equal importance is another team just completely blowing it in the Falcons. The number eight scoring offense in the history of the game of football, they scored three points in the second half of that Super Bowl to let the Patriots back in. So this game with Allen and Mahomes was... Just two quarterbacks, even more than the surrounding players, two quarterbacks dancing around the pocket and then delivering strikes, firing the ball, piss missiles, 30 and 40 yards down field in between defenders and making so much of that on their own. Not the surgical Tom Brady, I'm picking you apart, Drew Brees kind of thing. It's like Ben Roethlisberger on steroids. Like, I'm just going to dance around here and then I'm going to make throws that most quarterbacks can't make. And throws that make you think, oh, my God, what do you even do in the league if you can't have throws like that? By the way, Matt Stafford can make a lot of those throws, too. Aaron Rodgers can make them. All the quarterbacks in the end of the playoffs can do things like that, except for the obvious guys. You know, Jimmy, obviously Joe Burrow doesn't have that kind of arm, but he's got this just insane feel for the game, like a Tom Brady type of thing. And... The, the popular meme that's going around for Steelers fans is the, the, the Steelers front office just watched that quarterback battle between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, and they're going to trot out Mason Rudolph for this year. And if they think that that's an acceptable idea, they're wrong. Well, I have a couple thoughts on that. My first thought is the obvious one. Like, is there another option? What is, is there a Josh Allen available? Like, I'll take him. That'd be great. 
I'll take the Josh Allen. I'll take the 20-something-year-old super freak talent who's literally better than everyone on the field. You're right. The Steelers saw that game between Allen and Mahomes and said, we need one of them. All right, we'll just get one of them. Pick them up. Where's he at? Somebody tell me. Well, we're going to get Kenny Pickett. You've never watched Kenny Pickett play, have you? The point is these guys have talent that is incredibly rare. And the way that the teams got them was through circumstance. And anybody who said that the Steelers should have had a plan to get one of those quarterbacks, that has never happened in the history of the NFL for any team ever. There is no successor plan. The Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers thing, Brett Favre have threatened to retire or actually retired in multiple seasons before Aaron Rodgers got there. And then Aaron Rodgers, who is projected to be the number one pick, either him or Alex Smith in the draft, fell all the way to 24. He didn't fall to 7 or 12 or Mac Jones at 15. He fell to 24. This was something that fell completely in the Packers' lap. Obviously, Peyton Manning needs neck surgery. The Colts happened to be in a position to tank for the best quarterback prospect since John Elway, arguably the best quarterback prospect ever, and Andrew Luck. And that works out for them. That wasn't this preordained plan like, okay, well, Peyton might have a couple years left. Let's get this new guy. No, it just it happened at some of the last. You know, Steve Young from Joe Montana, he was a bust in Tampa Bay. He played in a different football league. And they took a flyer on him, making a trade for him. And it, it, like, it wasn't, again, they're not these grand plans. You just luck out when you have the Chargers and you have Philip Rivers for 16 years and then Justin Herbert falls to you if you have a bad year, right? So you can't orchestrate that stuff. And that's the frustrating part. You get scared. Like, will the Steelers have a chance to get a guy like that? But the interesting thing to look at is this. Number one, if you want a guy like that, it is definitely in your best interest to trot out Mason Rudolph this year and lose some games, especially if the Steelers are – uh, reportedly signing Dwayne Haskins for contract extension. They're both making like $3 million a year. That sort of insinuates they're not going to want to spend money on a third quarterback or a big money quarterback, but never say never, you see what happens. But if you want to lose some games, your way to get those quarterbacks is like, you might not, not have to be drafting in the top 10, but you got to be in like the top 15 or in range for a trade down. And as far as the availability of these quarterbacks, I think, I don't know if Josh Allen or Patrick Holmes can be available, but these incredible quarterbacks, they're available much more than they used to be because the game's changed. The proliferation of passing at the youth and high school level has made quarterbacks more talented, more prepared. Uh, they don't make you play so buttoned up as a kid just handing the ball off all the time, so they're learning how to make these incredible throws much earlier than, of course, the college offense, you just get way more throws as, as uh, a kid and a teenager growing up, and then the rules of the NFL help it for these guys. Every year, every like couple years, it seems, we're getting a, a class of quarterbacks that is like three to five guys, or bona fide first round type dudes. Whether it was the year with Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, and Baker Mayfield, who knows what would have happened with a couple of those quarterbacks if they were in different situations. Maybe they still suck. Maybe they actually were really good. You got that class. Then you had this past year with Fields, Lance, Wilson, Lawrence, and Mac Jones. And when you get those years when you have five guys, you can be drafting in the middle of the pack, which is, I think, the Steelers' destiny based on their organizational philosophy. 
you just have to know the pack and trade up for a guy. There was not consensus on Mahomes. There were people who really pounded the table for him and saw him for like the Brett Favre type quarterback he was. Obviously, Chris Sims is one of those guys who's way ahead of it. Uh, very early in the process of this guy needs to be the number one pick. Andy Reid, Sean Payton reportedly, obviously Andy Reid. They were on that. There were guys in the NFL who knew Patrick Mahomes. He wasn't this complete diamond in the rough that everybody is suggesting, right? I mean, Deshaun Watson is arguably almost as good as Mahomes, too. We just forget because he hasn't played any years. He was on his way to a freaking MVP season as a rookie before he tore his leg up in a practice. So these guys are available. Justin Herbert, like... They're coming out at a much faster rate than they were in Ben's era. So that's what I've been thinking. Like, the Steelers, I don't think you can just tank and try to, as much as I'm joking about Mason Rudolph, you know, I don't think you can continue tanking every year like a Jaguars and try to constantly drafting in the past top three to get your Zach Wilson or your whatever, you know, I mean, still Allen's top ten pick. Just because I think that creates so much uncertainty and it creates more problems, creates a lot of turnover like they're seeing with the Giants, three coaches in six years. I don't think you can orchestrate that. So then I wonder, oh my goodness, if Steelers going to be stuck in purgatory forever because they're going to try to win eight games a year and they'll be able to do it or they'll pick up a damn Jimmy Garoppolo and have these middling teams that are eight, nine, maybe ten on an incredible year-win team. I still think you can find a guy because the game is changing that way. And that's the other thing I think that was cool about the Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes classic. It was a clear signifier that there is a new era in the NFL. The chapter is being closed. The retirement of Ben, obviously, Eli and Rivers already gone. Peyton Manning gone. You know, Brett Favre is kind of the bridge guy long gone. And then potential talk of Roger and Brady retiring this season. Um, there, there's the whole old quarterback class is out. The rules and the strategies have changed tremendously. And we have this incredibly exciting style of football. There are more than enough quarterbacks. All of their seats have been taken. These guys who were watching, who I mentioned earlier, Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, even Lamar Jackson, to an extent, Herbert, you know, we'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. There's a lot of really good quarterbacks. I, I think, you know, Zach Wilson, way too early to predict that based on his rookie season, but I think he has the kind of talent where you like, oh, yeah, that guy. What about, like, Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott? There's a lot of good quarterbacks out there, and the NFL's in really good hands. It's really exciting. And even just look at the list I named. That's a lot of good guys. I mean, you'd love to have Dak Prescott as your quarterback. Where do you even put him on there? Do you want Ryan Tannehill? No. Right? There's, do you want Jimmy Garoppolo? No, you don't. But there's a lot of opportunity to get these amazing guys, and I think the Steelers will have one. They're just not going to have one this year, most likely. And especially if you want to try to trade for Rodgers, I just don't think it makes sense for either side. There's, it's going to be too much money to sign him that would preclude you from signing the other necessary pieces you need in the trenches to make it a great team. And then for him, you can't honestly go to the Steelers with that many question marks. Like, okay, I like the receivers, but it's not the same as Tom Brady going to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, these proven things. Um, so I think that was really cool and symbolic for the NFL. They're moving on to a different era. The quarterbacks are better than they used to be, just the way that Brady and, and Ben and all those guys are better than the legendary quarterbacks of the 60s and 70s, just because 
the game evolves, and, and athletes evolve. And you have to compare them based on their era. It doesn't mean I think, oh, coincidentally, now all the quarterbacks are better than Tom Brady. It's like, no, he played in a different era where everything was different and under a different set of rules. So did Phil Sims and Terry Bradshaw and Fran Tarkington. That was a different game when they could grab your receiver and they could choke slam you or do what they did to Terry Bradshaw in a Super Bowl. One guy lifts you up and the other guy rips the ball out of your hands and then the first guy suplexes you. It was a different way to play quarterback. You needed a different set of skills. So I thought that was really exciting as a football fan and, and maybe encouraging when you look at that list of people uh, that are, you know, good quarterbacks. And hopefully the Steelers can get there and hopefully I can get back into a studio sometime soon to record this podcast. So thanks for bearing with me, anybody uh, who was able to listen this far despite the crappy audio quality. Really exciting week. I think that uh, as far as everybody saying uh, the championship game can't be as exciting, well, of, of course, because we think that might have been the best football game of all time. But I love the matchups. So I do think they will be very exciting. It'll just be a new week. Uh, I'm not going to be comparing it to last week. I'm going to be hoping that the Cincinnati Bengals freaking lose and don't go to a Super Bowl. I mean, this is the fan base who threw beer cans at Ben as he was getting carted off the field. This is the team of Fontaine's perfect who intentionally injured each and every killer bee systematically. You can't be rooting for the Bengals. Get the hell out of here. I'm rooting for Mahomes to extend his legacy here. Everybody around him is deeply unlikable with his wife and his brother, but he is the best guy ever. you got to check. I'll retweet this video, but there is an amazing 4K video or 5 billion K. It's so high definition of right after the game when Mahomes wins, he sprints all the way across the field. And what looked to be super genuine, he's not a camera searcher that way. He sprinted across the field and this, camera is following him, and it looks like a scene out of Batman. That super red stadium. All the seats are red. Everything's red. The scoreboard's red. They're firing off red fireworks. It looks like an apocalypse. He sprints all the way across the field through the madness, through people jumping up and down, and finds Josh Allen and gives him a big hug and tells him, we're going to be doing this a lot, which is hope, you know, hopefully the truth for their fan base, but then hopefully you know, maybe a year or two, and then let's get the Steelers back in there. And it was a really cool, genuine moment between the two guys in I think that was a piece of history, and especially being shot in high depth. It looked like a movie. It was a really cool moment. So I remember what I was saying before that. Oh, it was another example of how Patrick Mahomes, just a genuinely like good dude. He's very easy to root for, very fun to watch play. He's like a mixture of Steph Curry, Aaron Rodgers, and Michael Jordan, just in terms of like the dominance and the style. But just a really like an easier guy to root for, and uh, pretty cool as a football fan and uh, we'll check in with you guys next week follow us on Twitter at Steelers Outpost go Steelers okay bye bye this is it we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. <laughs> 